0: What up, y'all? It's your boy Breeze. Feel the breeze along with the greatest pro host in the world, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Phil
1: is in the building.
2: Hey, I like to call him Tiger Phil.
1: <laughs> Time
3: to I, love I love it. Hey, it's great <laughs> to see you guys, and thanks for having me back. I'm really no, uh, thank, you thank you for you coming are. back. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Oh, <laughs> it's a pleasure. Man. I'm excited. When you, when you when you're gonna be honest, you guys invited me back got I gotta go, I have no clue what they want to talk to me about. I, 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 I don't think I have anything. But cool, let's just let's just rap. Let's just
1: let's, let's hit it. it.
0: Let is me I- tell you something. We always do our research. Okay. We always have something, Phil. You know us. Honestly, the reason why I really want to do that is
2: because you got to check on your boys, man. You got to make sure your boys is doing good. Yes,
0: yes. And, and speaking of checking on, bro, please be super careful. All these new variants of COVID going around, got to keep yourself safe, man.
3: Hey, there's no question about it. I think like a couple of weeks ago, two different people I was hanging out with, Call me a couple days later saying, hey, COVID, make sure. <sighs> I, didn't, I didn't get it, but yeah, it's out there, man.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. um, One of my friends' uh, kids literally just got it, and the way they got it was from work, which makes you wonder, right? You want people back in the offices, but they're going in there sick and getting people sick. Yeah. Makes some sense. Makes some sense.
3: Right, absolutely. <sighs> but this
0: is the perfect start to this show and let me tell you why we did a show on saturday right we always do our sports edition show oh, cool. oh boy stress was not <laughs> doing too well you know do uh, you really want to know why, why if anybody it? paid attention to that show okay. he didn't smoke
3: oh, he, did, he didn't
0: have his, his his precious spinach he didn't have this
3: bill he didn't have this and that's what it's about you gotta have yeah. <laughs>
1: If, okay.
3: if chase don't have that, he ain't well. By the way, you are you are correct. Uh, you have upgraded. You guys now have sound effects, live yes, sound effects like a morning radio drive show.
0: You want to? You got you. to. Well, see, let me tell you what happened, Phil. After we had you on and we had Lanny and a couple other the guests we had, we're like, you know what? We're not doing them a service. We look so downgraded. We need to step up the game. Thanks to that man over there. I did the research. I did everything I needed to do. Was in a little bit of a funk, you know, because financial-wise it's hard right now. That man pulled us through the mud and made this possible. Don't think I ain't going to let everybody know that stress. And he financially put it up. Here we are. And... I couldn't be more proud to have people like Lenny June and you return to the new format. It's awesome.
2: I to get you back. That's It was a disservice to have all this new technology and not utilize your friends with it. You know? Yes. And we've got a lot of stuff in store for you today. I ain't going to ruin it because I am Mr. Spoiler. But
0: Yes. I'm yes. A- so, let's, so let's start with the most important question, Phil. <laughs> now, we talked about it with Lanny, right? And we got his perspective on it.
3: By the way, Rick, before you do, sure. Pause this. My, this sounds ridiculous. My garden for sure. i close my window. Exactly. Okay. Go ahead. Go give him spinach too. We're, we're going to have, gonna have a, a leaf blower in our upper asses here in a second. <laughs> 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 <And> then,
1: <laughs>
0: the Mexican's always working out there. And, and he's like, who's <laughs> going be looking at the garden like
1: this right there. <laughs> what the fuck, man? like you know you know <laughs> Your boy
0: is eating healthy. Look at World. Your boy is eating healthy.
3: Yeah, man. You're you're doing the broccoli, you're doing the spinach. It's all yeah.
0: good. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. so before we go any further, that's Lenny. Lenny has me on a very, very crazy diet. Oh, we got nice. I Eat one time.
1: <laughs>
0: at 4 o'clock. Okay. Eat one big meal. Water the rest of the way through.
3: Wow. Interesting. Ew. Okay.
0: But let me tell you. I started that diet on Friday.
3: Yeah.
0: We did the show. I was 262. We're now in Wednesday. Right? Yeah. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. I weighed myself earlier. I'm down to 253. That's fantastic. That is crazy, right? From Friday to now.
3: That's great, man.
0: So, well, feeling good.
3: Hey, a credit to Lanny. And bad uh, guy. Lanny's in great shape, so he he's he, he knows what he's talking, talking about. about. Yeah, he knows. He knows
0: talking. what he's talking about. So, getting back to what we were saying. Yeah. The most important thing right now is the strike. Now, we had a, approached him with something regarding the strike. Because like one of my friends is a writer. He um, used to write for, um, what was it called, dude? Yeah, undercover, undercover. New undercover, New York Undercover? Is that what it was called? Yeah. The one with, with the Puerto Rican?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. yeah, that's New York Undercover.
0: Okay, New York Undercover. So he was one of the writers on there, right? Yeah. And now he's writing for like WWE, I think, and like some other stuff, right? Yeah. But he said, what he was told before the strike even started, like I think it was a couple days, that they got word that the guy who was in charge of the whole you know, Hollywood thing or whatever said they were going to starve him out. We're going to starve you out until you come back and that's how the strike's going to end. But what we're noticing is a lot of the actors are pitching in and millions to keep the strike going. Have you heard any of this, or is this just BS he's throwing at me? Uh,
3: that, well, look, I, I mean, what I know of, of the, the strike is that there's a lot of hatred on both sides. Yes. And, and both sides, I will say, you know, this, and I, look, I'm, I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild, and I do agree with the issues that they're striking for. You know, did the studios, you know, plan this from the beginning? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they knew that they were going to, you know, they need, you know, the studios needed to get back into the black financially. They needed to do what's called force majeure. A lot of deals that they had on the table that they regretted having uh, that were for, you know, millions and millions of uh, dollars. You know, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars with people like the Ryan Murphys of the world. Um, so, yeah, you know, they, they sort of knew. But also, I do have to say, you know, you can't point the finger at Netflix and say you're greedy without pointing the finger at yourself. And, you know, the unions have their mm-hmm. own shit in this whole thing as well. And they are keeping this going with a certain kind of narrative. That I got to say, I'm, I am not in, in total alignment with I okay.
1: believe
3: I believe the solution is put the lawyers in the room, lock the fucking doors, and get it fucking done. Right. right. Walking, around, walking around the block of an office building in Hollywood or a studio, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. Bob Iger, mm-hmm. isn't, Bob Iger isn't even here. He's probably in Italy somewhere having a vacation.
0: <laughs> they're looking out the window with popcorn hey look at that guy and i like I, that sign
3: and at some of these strike lines i gotta say i'm i'm a, I, I, and i have no problem saying this i'm a little embarrassed because you know you go out there and it looks like it's like a fucking social event it's like summer camp people are dancing there's food trucks there's mariachi bands you know people are wearing fucking t-shirts and costumes and all sorts of shit. And they're taking, you know, and, um, it's, it's a little, it, you know, it's a little silly, frankly, because what I would compare it to is that you remember, uh, not too long ago, maybe a month ago. And by the way, uh, if I get two on my soapbox, you can just stop me. But I'm trying, but I'm trying to answer your question long way. Around. No, no a- problem. Uh, I would say maybe a month ago or so, UPS was going to go on strike. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. If, that strike didn't even last a fucking day, and they were only going to strike for ten more dollars an hour. That's it, ten more bucks a fucking hour, and it didn't even last one day because they figured it out. Right. So, what does that say about? You know, yeah, sure. I would like to see my residual payments get up and all this other stuff, but I mean, this is ridiculous. And the only, the only final thing I'll say to answer your question about kind of the greed on both sides, because there is, right, is that if you remember Detroit in the uh, '70s and '80s, it was the car cap. I, maybe even the '60s, it was the car capital of the world. It was right. the car, that, that Motor was City, and you could get out of high school or even be a dropout, you could go to one of the factories. You could get a job on the factory line making $100,000 a year. Then, yep. in the 70s and 80s, you could make $100,000 a year. You could, so you could buy a house. You could have a family. And maybe your wife didn't have to work. She could stay home with the kid. Like You actually can have a good life. And guess what? The unions got fucking greedy. And you know what the car company said? We'll take this shit to Mexico then. And that's what they fucking did. So I'm just saying, there's there, I, I don't know how the strike is going to go. It's not going well. I don't think it's going to work out for the actors or the writers ultimately. Because I think they're getting a little too greedy. I think this can be solved. I think it can be solved tomorrow if both sides really wanted to. And again, I'm, you know, I'm with my union on this but i gotta but but i'm also i'm an independent thinker and i'm not a fucking lemming, and so i don't agree with a lot of the stuff that is being propagated by the union and some of the narrative that's that's being said so anyway i i think that's what i think should happen i think the lawyers need to get in the room and just and just settle it out because at the end of the day when Fran Drescher is sitting there going, screaming and yelling, and I'm going to take you down, Bob Iger. Well, we don't forget, she's getting paid a salary. I'm not. She gets a fucking salary. And when she goes home at the end of the night to her huge house in Beverly Hills? Okay, so, but, like, we really need to think about, like, I mean, we do have people losing homes and apartments, and and people are having to, to leave L.A. Yeah, it's a very bad situation. This is this
1: is not good.
3: Um, so at any rate, it's bad for the economy. And yeah, it, it's I mean, a lot
2: of jobs. You got to think yeah. about all the people who cater for the people for the, who come to act. You know, they're you're, they're losing jobs. You got people who depend on these actors to come in to <clears throat> wardrobe, makeup. All these people depend on these jobs. You know,
0: catering. You know,
2: all that stuff, so they can support their families too. It's not just the actors and the writers and everybody else. It's other people suffering. They're small businesses that just cater to that.
3: Yeah, Stress, you make a great point. And it even goes beyond that. I go to the bar at the end of my street uh, a few times a week, you know. To, I'll be doing it after the podcast today, get a, you know, a beer and a shot. And I see my bartender as well. Guess what also is going on? Nobody's <laughs> Nobody's going to the bar anymore. No one's going to the restaurants anymore. People are getting their clothes dry cleaned a lot. I mean, people are tightening the belts in a way that it's really it's, it's really having a ripple effect in the economy. And that's why I use Detroit as an example. Right. Because that was a once very beautiful part of the country. And it's a mess. Man. I mean, it's trying to come back, but it never will. In the right <laughs> way. So they could be careful. You know, because production will run away. It'll
2: go somewhere else. It'll leave. It won't come back. So me personally, I've been, like, always talking about the podcast. I love this thing. You know, this is our our baby, you know. So I was having a great conversation with one of my coworkers. Her name's Allie Spicer. And she brought up a great, great topic. How do you feel nowadays when we're in the era where technology of video or audio save you from court cases anymore think about that they can erase the technology they can scan your voice the likeness of your voice and audio and just correct the audio and make you say whatever you want to say they can put your face on a porn star and say hey he's the president but look he's in a porn you know just think about all the technology nowadays we have that could be altered that this used to be this is the era where audio and video cannot save you from going to jail. Like, what is your take on that?
0: This is where we can put you in jail, but go ahead,
2: Phil.
3: Well, you know, I wish I, you know, I, I got to be honest. I haven't thought a whole ton about it, but I will say, I'm, you know, I'm working on a project right now, which I, when, when I can't announce it, I will with you guys, but I will say this. I just sold. It's a documentary series that I just sold to a very large streaming service. I can't really say much more than that. I can't even say what it's about. But one of the things that um, I learned, uh, you know, what you're talking about, stress, one of of the the, the topics we were talking about is that, you know, like certain organizations like the FBI and law enforcement agencies are now using like DNA and genealogy and science to be able to go back and solve crimes. Like, for example, this woman I'm working with, she was uh, helpful in solving the, the Golden State Killer, you know, who was at large for a really, really long time in California. I mean, he was killing across the state for, uh, I don't know, like 15 years or something, and then disappeared.
1: Mm-hmm. He
3: going the 70s, finally caught the six months ago. Or um, so, I, you know, I don't know if, if, to the, you know, if it's posing a great right question. I don't know how, how it is or isn't helping, in, you know, helping, you know, people get off like that row or anything. Sure, I don't know. But I, I do know that they're trying to implement more DNA genealogy type stuff, which is kind of what you're talking about on uh, a federal level. To be able to really help, um, you know, solve crimes from, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago to get people a piece of mind. So,
1: <clears throat>
3: would like to hope that would also help right some wrongs, maybe, of some people who are sitting in prison. I don't know. What do you stress? What do you, you think? I, I was thinking, like, that's... I just started
2: really looking at how, like, TikTok is nowadays. Like, you can watch a video, and they can change the face from Will Smith to Samuel L. Jackson to Chris Rock. You know, just the whole warp and everything to, like, make it say, like, oh, Phil Donalove was down there at the bar. No, he wasn't. He was at the strip club. Look, we got a picture of him. And it's not even you, you know, but they are to the face. And and they are, had your voice on the phone. It's like, yeah, hey, you're talking to Phil Donalove. No, you're not. You know, because you got to think there's so many scams on Instagrams, IG, Facebook, everybody's getting hacked. You know, it's like they're telling you, hey, sign up for this and you can get $35,000 right now. And in this economy, how we're just going downhill as far as everybody's desperate for money. I don't see it being a good thing because this AI technology is already taking over. Like how Lenny talked about what they want to do with the actors, how they want to scan their likeness and still don't pay it for them. And I was telling him, we've been through this already with the video game era. They used to talk about the college players. You couldn't use their likeness, so they stopped putting their names on the back of the jersey. And I just feel like it's the same thing now. It's more scary because modern technology is taking over so much that, like, Breeze right now currently with the phone. Like, that is a lifeline. That's why they call it a cell phone. You are in cells with that thing. You're in prison to a phone. You scroll it. You're stuck in it, you know. That's true.
3: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you know, I I almost wonder if like, you know, uh, they'll, they'll look at the evolution of a, of a human being, you know, and as soon as they, you know, created this thing here, they'll, <laughs> the human needs to look around like this and then, you know, and then they got hunched over and more hunched over because they're always in their phone, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> the you know the, the evolution of man, you know it's like a- mm-hmm. but um you know on the AI thing again with the strike too, I mean I you know, I don't want to like, you know, get you know, too much again on the soapbox, but you know I have a lot of conversations and debates with friends over this. Like it or not, the AI thing is, is here to stay. I mean it, it you know it just is, you know, and, and Hollywood has always been a business of continued technology. If you think about it, films started, they were they didn't have sound. Right. Movies were silent. Charlie Chapman. And then they and then they had sound. And then they they were doing things where they had they had special effects the matrix who, who made models. Of spaceships and different things, like if you think of like Stanley Kubrick's Two Thousand One: Space Odyssey, you think of Star Wars, the Luke. These are all models and things, and then those and those guys got phased out by visual effects VFX guys because then we had the computer. So then they're like, "Well, we don't have to build models anymore. We're going to make it," and those those guys got phased out. You know, and it's just it's a part of of, of just what's here to stay, whether one likes it or not. Uh, So I think we have to figure out how to work with it. Now, I will say, again, there's a little bit of a narrative going on. That Now, on the writer's end, there's some legitimate things. On the actor's end, they're sort of saying the AI is going to replace, like, me. No, the studio has no concern about doing AI with me because they can afford to hire me. When they're talking about AI, they're talking about they want to own Tom Cruise's image. So they can keep, when he dies... They can keep making Mission Impossible until there's 30 of them. Right. They're going to, with this fate, you know, they're talking about movie stars. They want to AI
2: Leonardo DiCaprio.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so they can make Titanic 7 when he's dead. (laughs) They (laughs) want to AI me one hundred
2: and one. Uh.
0: So, so just so you know i have a mo- i have a model of the next titanic that will be and it looks like this okay and i found the controller for it all right it looks like this uh-huh. and we're gonna build this and we're gonna put it in the sea and hope that it you know <laughs>
1: did you
2: just really put your playstation controller up it was an Xbox controller, bro. Xbox.
3: Okay. No, it was a PlayStation <laughs> controller. By the way, Breezo's those fries do look really good. The, we're, bro, these are some of the, and,
0: and that's the thing is they're not. Um, they're not. They're not fries. That's the crazy part about them. They're not fries. No, they are called. Uh, oh God, I forget what they're called now. It starts with a P. Um uh, Say it again. Pita. There you go. They're pita fries. Okay. Pita so pita. their fries made of pita seasoned and they look like fries. Interesting. And they're really good.
1: Okay. Really good.
3: Okay.
0: And they are no carbs.
3: Well, well, let's definitely make the Titanic out of the pita fries. Let's do that. So let's. This is, okay, Phil. Yeah.
2: The
0: first I, time you were apologize.
3: on our- I apologize. I'm not a popular guest to have on. If a if hundred people are over here saying yes to the strike, I'm over here by myself, going no. <laughs> I've always no, no, blown no, blown no, no, no,
0: not that. <laughs> yeah. On the first show that I had you, yeah, I told Still. you that there was a film that I watched, okay, with Ernie Hudson. Yeah, that, that uh, that you direct with with uh, the yes, Man in the Silo. Yes, right stress they didn't know you know about it and then you <laughs> know. yeah he didn't know what i was doing, right yeah but just to show people what i was referring to yeah i want them to see this okay because this is eerie and when i saw it i was like this feel because <laughs> okay. you know it it just it takes you to a different place
3: okay yeah right Let's it
0: and i'm gonna cue and i'm gonna cue it up okay. you know gotta give it give it time um, But I wanted to ask you a question on that. Yeah. When I look at the cinematography that you use, right? Like, there was another movie, I'm not sure people are aware of it, called The Reunion, right? Yeah. And see, look, look, see, see he's laughing because he's like, don't, don't get me going on that one. The, the cinematography was just like so dark, you know? And when you watch The Man in the Silo you kind of see the same darkness right right yeah like with all the scenes with ernie you know when he's flipping out or whatever you want to call, call it yeah. right you just you look at your style dude and number one i love it because if i'm gonna be honest with you i think you need to be a horror director mm. like chilling thrillers because you just have that vision right, right. What? When, and, and and the the score that's chosen and everything that you know because people think that oh you just make a scene and you throw us no there's steps to it to make it look like what are you feeling right when you're watching it yes so getting back to it um, I'm gonna see if sometimes you gotta forgive our server yeah. it's a little slow but um, here it comes take okay. a look at what I'm talking about. See, he ain't lying. He directed it.
2: Sarah has been speaking to me. She's been telling me, trying to convince me that Charlie's coming
1: back to kill me.
0: Now, look at the cinematography that I'm speaking of. You see that?
2: And when you
0: watch Reunion, when you watch Reunion, right, it has that same feel, same kind of eerie, dark. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my question to you is when you're shooting or when you're, saying, okay, this is how I want to get it or this is how, what runs through your mind on the set of, okay, this is how I'm going to light it. This is how I want it. Yeah, I don't want no lightness. You know, I want it to be like he's trapped or whatnot. How do you process all of that?
3: Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you bringing up The Man in the Silo. That's a movie that is very near and dear to my, my heart. Um, and, and these this is a, a great question. This, this is a, already a, a fucking great interview. These are This is really good stuff. I mean, I'm not asked this stuff often, so I really appreciate it. I will go on record to say I did take my name off Reunion. I ended up using a pseudonym. It's a piece of shit. Uh, (laughs) It's not not the movie I wanted to make. Right. They they thought they could make the movie better than me, and they fucking ruined it. (laughs) But with that said, but that has nothing to do with the cinematography. So to answer your question is, I work very closely with my DP. And for me, you know, the camera is another character. Right. Right? In in mm-hmm. piece. And I think, you know, if you gave the script of the man in the silo to another director, it would look totally different. I think, I think where you choose to place the camera in a scene as a director says a lot about who you are as a person. You know, right, right. Are you going to shoot it at a wide shot? Are you going to come in close? <laughs> are, you, you know, are we going to shoot it over my shoulder? I mean, how are we going to view this scene and look at it? And I think it, it um, you know, it says a lot about, about you. So you know, I, I like to use the camera almost as like <clears throat> a, 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 as a way to give you a, a visceral, palpable uh, reaction in the, in the moment. And right. so I, I work very close. So how I arrive at this stuff is I storyboard everything to like, <laughs> um, and what I like to do usually with, uh, my crew on the set on the day of the set is I have my boards printed on on a large board and I have a meeting with everyone. I go, these are, these are the shots we're doing today. And this is how we're going to like pull them off. Okay. Uh, so everyone's very aware um, of, you know, what what we're going to, you know, kind of do that day. So I kind of really like to work closely with my DP and, and, and crew. So we know exactly what I'm going to do. I sort of, you know, in editing, things can always change. But mainly the way I storyboard is the way it ends up on screen, even with the right. reunion, even though I don't like ultimately how the movie and uh, what ended up happening with it. Still, when you look at the shots that are there, that's pretty much, if you looked at my storyboards and you looked at the final film, they're pretty much the same. Right. So I, I really see the movie here always first, you know, before, right? And one of the things I'll do too is like, I like to go visit the locations. So like, okay. you know, and I like to sync with the locations a little bit and think like, how do we do this, right? So, for example, with Reunion, uh, again, I don't want to give them more airtime than they deserve because they're all bad. I think mean, this is a podcast, but there's a scene you watch, <laughs> since you've watched Reunion, there's a scene, if you remember, there's a scene in a park, and it's all one shot, and it goes right, one, right? It's a long shot. You shepherd.
0: did the Goodfellas shot.
3: Okay, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Four, 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 four. Scorsese, no, Scorsese is one of my major film influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the beginning it's, it's of Goodfellas. That's all one shot. Yes, and he uses the, the camera to create like a palpable emotion, right? So very, yep. very similar. I'm sure that's where that, that I pulled that from. So I, right. I, So just to give you an example, I remember when we were prepping the movie, I went to this to Union Square in New York. Okay. And I looked around and went, well, how the fuck am I gonna shoot this? I mean, all it is is a but is a bunch of trees and bushes. This side of the park looks like the same as the other side of the park looks like. <laughs> There's nothing visually pleasing about any of this. I mean, right. You know, how 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 am I gonna actually do this? How do- And so I just went to the park every day. You know, okay, and as right. I was kind of like walking through the park, I was like, oh. This this is what it is. This guy is out of his mind. And what we need to do is we need to do one long shot that never cuts, because as soon as you make a cut, you break up the emotion. As soon as a there's a and we don't know this when we watch a movie, but when when you have one scene that cuts into the next, that cuts into the next, it's like you have an emotion, you break the emotion when it cuts, and then you hop into another shot that's a new emotion. But if you continue a shot all the way through, that's the same. Emotion here and in here as the audience member, right? Right, so right. I want to, right. oh, I want to create the mania that this guy is like. He's, you know, that this whole entire thing and everyone's connected and together. So that's where I came up with. We're just going to do one whole entire shot and not, you know, not cut in, into this. So that's kind of how I, I, I figure out, you know, some of my shots, you know. And then the other thing is. My influences, so yes, Scorsese, you know the great Italian, atta- you know like Fellini, uh, oh, yeah. Kubrick, you know these these filmmakers. So I'm like constantly, look, you know they they their movies feel like poetry in motion. So, you know I'm not a director who's gonna go uh, give me a wide shot, cut <laughs> into a medium and another medium and a close and a close and we're out of the scene. That's that's just not gonna be me. And there's directors who do that and they do that well um so uh, i don't know
0: anyway um because that's the that's the feeling i get you know like what i said when you're watching man in the silo and you see ernie and he's starting to have those you're to me i'm saying as the viewer i'm seated right there. i am Ernie. that's how you make me feel i'm Ernie going through that trip and that's why i say dude if you did a horror movie and me and Stress wrote it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But you, you, you did a horror movie, dude. I'm telling you, you would kill because you just have that atmospheric cinematography that just
3: kills, dude. Literally,
0: like well, you got it.
3: I would love to do one. I've got a script right now. I've been, I've had it for years, and I've been trying to get it made, and I hope one day it does. But it's called the scenic route, and it's um, it's a serial killer movie.
1: Oh yeah. In the,
3: See, in the spirit of like Silence of the Lambs. And I would love, I would love to see this this thing done. I've got a, a funny anecdote from Ernie Hudson. I will tell you, though, because when I made <laughs> Man in the Silo, I had made a, a few short films, and this was my first sort of step into features. And originally cast in that role before Ernie was Dennis Haysburg. Okay. And. I cast Dennis, you know, he was in 24, you might remember in Heat, uh, you know, he was the president of the United States in 24. Right. So I had Dennis cast and he was a friend, and I met Ernie and I realized Ernie was the guy. I was like, Ernie is my lead character. So I had to tell Dennis he couldn't be in the movie <laughs> How did that go? Like, how, would you just call him? Yeah, I called him and I had to tell him. I was like, you're not, I need to go with another dude. I mean, not like Dennis was even going to make any money off this movie, but I mean, it was just, it was you know, friends that felt bad. I knew Ernie was the guy. Of course. During that Ernie, I knew this was the guy that is going to, that needs to be Marcus Wells. So, Ernie signs up for this movie with me. And we're, you know, so to get back to, you know, the camera. And the stylized, and so Ernie's kind of looking at me weird, you know, because he's getting to know me. And he's kind of look, and and so he has the. He talks to the assistant director. The assistant director comes up to me and goes, "Can I, can I talk to you?" He goes, "Mr. Hudson would like to know, like when you're shooting his close-up for, for this scene." Right. And I said, "There is no close-up. It's just yeah. <laughs> I and mean, assistant director goes, okay, goes back, talks to Ernie. And then assistant director, you know, comes back up to me after that and says, so Ernie's curious how this shot is going to cut. He, he was, he did not, he did not at all buy into what I was doing. He didn't get it. He didn't understand. Right. And so it was kind of a difficult process when we were shooting. Ernie and I are best friends today. We're great, great friends. And I'll never forget when the movie came out, We, walked, we did, I screened it for him at his house. And after the thing, he goes, you know, man, I got to tell you something. Uh, I didn't understand what you were doing while you were doing it. But now that I see it, he's like, you're a really good fucking director. And he goes, I'm very <laughs> proud to be in this movie. And that's a lot.
2: Well, uh, uh, awesome, yeah. bro. You're pretty awesome. <laughs> but,
3: uh, yeah. we, get, we, we, we Look,
0: we getting to know you more and more, right? Uh, obviously, we're honored to even know you, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm told. saying? Like, like they just, you know, humbled and honored, and there's one thing we talked about on the first um, show that we didn't really get to dive into, mm-hmm. but I want to dive into it now. Okay. Now, obviously, you just had a reunion with the folks from Power. Yeah, It was a couple weeks ago, you know, and it was a good time, but Looking at those pictures brought up more when I I was like, oh, yeah, I never really got to this when I had them the first time. Yeah, We're going to get one. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, Simon, (laughs) okay, till this day, till this day, this scene still pisses me off. You're dead. Because that's
3: what that pissed me off too. That's why well, was, let me
0: tell you why. Let me tell you what. I mean, I know what pissed you off. My but Let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. But the reason it pissed me off as a viewer yeah. and a follower, bro, I thought your death should have been more dramatic. Yeah. Your death was kind of like. Wait. Well, what? Wait. He just died? And there was no like big seat like your character wasn't small potatoes is what i'm saying yeah so i felt like remember when ghost died or yeah. we've seen him falling 90 feet close up on his face and everything you get a yeah that's how you're doing. i'm not look bro i'm not joking about your dad look this is his death ladies and gentlemen where
1: the fuck have you been where's your fucking gun <laughs> That's guy. not him. <laughs>
0: oh. That's one bite down. That shit made my dick hard. I told you be fucking easy.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We
0: gotta go. Come on, man. We gotta go.
1: still, bro,
2: that's your death. Oh, it was a little dramatic at the end. I mean, a little bit. He, oh, ru- he rubbed rub- rub- his dramatic. whole face, bro. That was... <laughs> that
0: was <laughs> it Well, my question to you on that, Bill. when they, because obviously they tell you, okay, this- you're-, you're coming off the show, you're done, right? And when you found out you were going to die, were oh, you at God. least like, okay, so how am I going out? Or were you just, okay, like, how did hmm. take me
3: through that? Well, when the showrunner called me, Robert Newman called me and it was nice to do so and he you know, told me, you know, that I was dying. First of all, I was just in shock because I was I was I was told I was doing more episodes than I ended up doing in reality. So I, I was shocked that I was going out so early because I thought that right I thought there was more to do with my character. <laughs> Certainly myself as an actor much more to offer. Than, than what I was given, um, right? So I was a little taken aback uh, by the fact that I was going out so early, and his explanation was that th- they wanted to use that as a way to surprise the audience mid-season to be like, you don't expect this dude to die of all. the So no, no, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, hold on, brother. I'm, I'm with I'm with you. So I'm just going to explain, when. The director of that episode came in, Eve Rivera, who really did me a solid in that he made sure in that episode that I he milked my character for everything it was worth. He, he made right sort of promise to me, and, and, and he was a, a very excellent director, one of the best directors they have at that franchise. He, he did say, he goes, I don't, I don't know why they're killing you. I don't agree with it. And in fact, even talked to 50 about it and stuff. And, and it was kind of out of everyone's hands, I guess. I don't know. I guess it was Munich's decision or something. It was, already, you know, it was just how it was going to be. So I think right. I, I don't know so much that it's the death that isn't dramatic per se. The death is certainly shocking. I think what I'm hearing you say, and I think what I've heard from a lot of fans say, and it's certainly from the cast, like today the, the script came out, I got called Shane and... Uh, Isaac and Chris Lofton and everyone's going. What the fuck? Ivan <laughs> Serenjian. Everyone's going. Why? What? No one understands. I think what I'm hearing you say and what I would would say as well is that um, th- there was more for my character to do. Yes, they should have, uh, well, you know, they should have. But I think the show would have benefited from having me around longer. Right, than they could have had. a a more complex layered show in that I'm just going to be honest, season
2: Um, two's coming, right? And I'm not even excited to see it because they don't even have old girl, the Mexican girl that was Tommy's ride or die. Like, she was, I I loved her. I loved her. Like, she, she made sense. She made it where, like, it was about the money. It was about loyalty to her. It was like, you don't get that. Like, and then even with your character, you were super loyal. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, you were more like looking out for the kid instead of like you know, like everybody else letting him just do his thing and out here just pretty much out here. Like yeah, Shane's is out yeah. here right now, just looking crazy. I'm like, Oh on bro, your dad's pimping you, your sister's I'm, I'm, pimping bro. you.
0: Bro can win. Bro, all I'm saying
2: all
0: I'm saying stress and, stress. Saying stress. and Phil yeah. just Yes stress yeah. with your sarcastic ass so he that. grabbed his face. Saying, I get that. I I'm could could saying I, I don't know how you couldn't have got shot. Then they drag car, you, because right you're going there. to a car, there's a car right there. The car, like, they drag you're you, fighting. you're in the car, you're that fighting. Me, make, like, oh, make no, me, like, him, like right? oh, no, not him, right? right. And you're just. You're and I'm big, okay, so let me tell you why I was really pissed. Yeah. I was eating okay. when I was watching that episode, okay. and I was having a steak, so you got to do this, right? right? I went like this, and I looked up, and you, you were you, down, you, you were down and on the floor, I was like, wait, what I miss? Yeah. And I had to rewind it, and I'm like... That they took Simon out.
1: Yeah. But
2: first
0: tell first me that would have made more sense, bro. You so got the shot. Okay, like I, right. I wouldn't mind the guy hit like that, right? Yeah. Right. And then you the fell, and now you get the dramatic the music, and they're pulling you to the car or whatever. And then they drive you wherever they're, they to you to. Wherever they're you trying to get to. You, you pass away in the car, and you know what I mean. Then we get the clothes
3: up. Please, I wish you wrote the episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Make i wish you would. Hey, I'm <laughs> telling you, we
3: got that. Yep. Yeah. We, we got hey. We're going to bring Simon. Hey, man. thousand percent. I'll sign up tomorrow. I mean, but, but that's what it comes in. It's a writing thing is really what comes yeah. down to. Now, you know, just, the original mm. writer got fired. Uh, they have right. a new writer for season two. Um, so, uh, you know, and I don't know what the hell's going on in season two. I'm not a part of it. I don't know. I mean I still I talk to Chris Lofton all the time and Isaac and I see Stan everywhere. You know, I'm up on what's going on, but I don't know anything that's happening what if, saying, well, well, uh,
0: What <laughs> if Simon's death was a dream? I mean well, bring him back. Hey well, what if that whole episode was just a dream? Let's do <laughs> it. <laughs> but, but but do you understand though, Phil, what I'm saying by yeah. like, your death? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it impacted the show. I get that, but I'm saying the way it was just shot no. and just no yeah real impact for me to feel your death, like yeah, all I get is this, and that's, that's it what like,
2: say was from how they played your character to that point, you seemed like one of the main characters, so I was kind of I was kind of lost with that too, and then with you dying yeah. in pretty much mid season, I get that. I think it was
0: What was that? Episode five?
2: Yes. So I'm, okay. I was,
0: I was, I was just saying
3: they sorry, have many
2: episodes. They only had like ten, I think. I don't know how many they had.
3: Yeah. Was it that? Yeah. Was it ten? Yeah. And then but how it came out
2: is when well, you seen it after you died, the whole story didn't even like it wasn't it wasn't really impactful. It was just more of this is how we gotta restructure the business because so much is happening. And 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 I'm looking at it like You were such a big part early on that you dying it didn't really. I don't think they didn't understand it didn't have the impact they probably wanted it to have over. I think it was more like okay, I don't have my favorite person on the show who had the cocky arrogant. You could suck my dick and talk shit to Tommy because he's a wild person too. You know when you talk about Tommy like y'all were rumbling in behind the bar, he got you slipping. You know what I'm saying? You know, it was like you always had something to say. You needed that. You need that Andrew Dice Clay Wise guy that, oh, man, suck this. You know what I'm saying? You need that
3: because it, it, it's somebody
2: has to be the bad guy,
3: you know? Yeah. Yeah, thousand percent. Look, I, you know, I agree with you guys. I, You know, really what it comes down to is the writing or the lack of writing. And I think, you know, I, what didn't ha- – I'll tell you what didn't happen on season one was that you didn't have – a writer that was looking at what was going on on the set and working with what's working and not, you know, and, you know, because there there were other characters on that show whose performances I'm not going to, but weren't strong. And they ended up having to cut down, you know, they, they even had like a lot of scenes that they just had to size back. Cause it just didn't work. And I right. think, you know, my friends who are showrunners, when you're on something like Lambie with Wolfpack, he talked about it. He was on for an episode. They went, "That dude's fucking good. We're keeping him, and we're gonna build him yeah. some more stuff." That's what the director uh, yeah. show does is you go
0: good writing, everything. Two
3: actors Shane and Phil are working so well together.
2: The
0: chemistry's he's just, he's there.
3: Fucking Quite more for these right. guys. Yep. But this dude Munich didn't. Do, you know I. You know, he didn't do, he just didn't do that. He had his, all of his scripts written, no deviation <laughs> from any of that. And that was just the way he was doing things. He just wanted to stick to uh, a script. script. Didn't work out. But, him, but, but, but the problem with
0: that stress and, uh, Phil, to me, if you're going for a shock factor, right. Which yeah. I get what, what, what was there, right. My point being to that, okay, if you're going to shock factor, then shock factor that in for the rest. So we know why that happened. It's just a scene yeah. to me. Yeah. It's just a scene. Yeah. It didn't further the story. It didn't make it make sense right. in any matter. So I was like, so what? You just filmed him to die to die? Like why?
3: Yeah. It was what cheap. was behind it? Yeah, it was cheap. It was cheap. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, Eve did as much as he could with that episode directorially, uh, way more than what was on the page, and as much as he could do. I mean, you know, he's, right. he's still. Relegated to to what is there on the script and what the studio expects, I guess. I don't know, but you know, but you know, um, yeah. I mean, it just comes down to, and that's the difference between uh, good shows and the great shows. You know,
2: like Walking Dead, they learned from that. That's That's why nobody killed Daryl because they would have rioted. I'm trying to tell you, (laughs) fucking right.
0: (laughs) What the, why
2: they didn't kill rick even though they should have already because rick is dead you know the comics, so, I, uh, hey just that's why i mean like it's okay to go off script i mean i just i just know as yeah. as one of our good friends you know you you're you hanging out with like loads of celebrities y'all always having a lot of fun on the golf course this is my thing tiger tiger oh. phil tiger phil <laughs> and that's what i call it. yeah um, With the whole relaxation process for you, you know, I know it's probably been like you still probably doing business as far as like trying to make everything happen. But just take us to a normal day for you on the golf course. Like I just I want to know, like, just, you know, let people know how you, you know, you like to relax and chill and how you like to wind down, you know. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, again, much like the man in the silo breeze stresses, these these are the things I actually like to, to, to talk about. Um, because they're important, we talk about them uh, on the golf courses. Is why we, we golf. You know, you know, Lanny uh, is is one of you know my very great friends out here in L.A. and um, and so is Shane and so is Sam. And we happen to all the actors mm-hmm. when we're together. We don't talk about anything. We're good friends. And like if tomorrow. I stopped acting, I would still be friends with these people. Right. You know, we have a, you know, so, so the golfing on Wednesday is our way to get away from it all, you know? And that's really important. You know, it's like friends of mine that are like, and this is obviously just, 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 you know, my obviously personal take on it, but I have friends, they live and breathe the business all the time. I, I can't, I can't do that. I'd go cuckoo nuts oh. For Cocoa Puffs man. I'd be putting me, wrap me up and put me in a in the <laughs> He's like, give me the jacket that hugs me. <laughs> <laughs> the love <laughs> me jacket, I yeah. need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I need to be able to step away from that. So on the golf days, so it's every Wednesday. We usually roll out there around noon or one, you know, and we got man, we're loaded <laughs> up with alcohol. We got cigars, we got alcohol. Man, he's got his vape thing. Sometimes sometimes
1: you got some spinach.
3: <laughs> hey, it's LA, baby. It's and, LA. You know, <laughs> exactly. And and we, we go out there and, you know, we like to play good, but it's more about just Having being fun. out there. Remember who
2: y'all was.
3: And, yeah, man. And so man. it's like about you know, we're out there about four hours.
2: Not man. See, my, my like thing you is, you remind over. me, like, to me personally, you're like my personal Adam Sandler. Like, you're like one of those people that I could see doing movies, having all your friends, and, and, and making sure that when you do, when you can and do films and they're available, you know, you keep everybody incorporated so we can all eat together. You know, like sit at the same That's table, and, and you do, I know you, Chef, we talked about this, good things, you know, and yeah. I, I, I mean, people, if you don't check his IG, you will see a lot of things that you probably don't see about this man, like the food he does, cook. Right. you know, the time he's hanging out with his friends, and the funniest shit he says, this man is funny as fuck, <laughs> he always has something funny to say, especially when he's on that golf course, huh? man, my God, he's, he's
1: he, he, he talks but, macro, i just want everybody
2: right. to know me personally i just don't want them to think that hey, hey we're just trying to hype you up my thing is like y'all can look for yourself yeah. and do your research if you need to like this guy right here and Lenny too is like outstanding gentleman you know what i'm saying very humble down to earth <laughs> and like like the first time we met and it was crazy because he just died he had
3: just died in an episode and he was like i know right right that was that was a wild one. That was a wild one. You're like, wait, I just saw you die. Is that normal, man? <laughs> you're like, this morning I was watching <laughs> you. You were dead, and now you're sitting here. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> at the Hard, you're hard Rock. You're like, and now you're in the Hard Rock. You are. <my> <life." Hey. laughs>
1: Yeah. Just the crazy thing about it is
3: I, I love
2: power, man. I, I've watched every episode, every season, every spinoff, all of all three, four of them. Like I, I was wild all Tyree because I was just like, I understand, but he doesn't like how they play everything off and spin everything off. It's I'm more like it, it gives it gives you that that uh, Empire feel without the Empire singing and all that extra stuff they had going on the Empire. Yeah. But it, it's more right, something right, right. I can relate right. to because, like, everybody wants to live this fast, life, deal these drugs. But if you notice, every time around every corner, it's always a new problem that arrived. So I just kind of, like, I love I loved it. So it was just, like, I was so into it. I was waiting for the new episode because, like I said, you were one of my favorite characters. Like, Simon was just that guy for me because I know people like him. <laughs> but anyway... Anyway, like you know, the arrogant asshole type people. Like, it, I just thought it was always the greatest thing because being so intrigued into the show, and then I hear, I go, I meet you, <laughs> and then it's like I'm blown away because it's like, damn. <laughs> and then it's like, you're so cool, you're so humble. You just start talking to me, we just start chopping it up, and then my boss is like, you might want to do some work. I'm like, bitch, I will quit this job today.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I remember. You know, I remember. It great. You're like, no, no, I'm good. I was talking about you know, like, no, it. No, it was
1: great right
3: now. No, it was great. And you know, it's, 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 you know, and I really appreciated stress. You made the Andrew Dice Clay reference, which I love Dice Clay. And although I can't say I specifically thought of him for Simon, you're not too far off. You know, it's like, you know, I, it makes me happy to hear this because, like, when I created that character. And Shane and I kind of talked about this. I knew I had to sort of be like, you know, there needed to be some comedy, like a clown. There needed to be that to Shane, right. straight guy. You know, and there had to be, you know, and I just, I just, no one told me to do that. There was no, the director didn't say anything. I heard nothing. That was improv. So, like, mm. ever, I just was like, I'm just going to do this. And that kind oh, of worked with Shane. You know, he was, he was. You know, we didn't even have to really talk about it. He was like, just do it. I'm gonna play it straight. I'm gonna be the it, comic. That's player. me and Breeze right there. He
2: plays the straight, I'm the comic really. If you're ready, people you heard it here first. <laughs> pretty,
3: pretty
0: pretty much. Pretty much. Now switching gears really just, just for a sec, just for a sec. Absolutely. I I know y'all probably bored me saying cinematography, but it's big to me. No, I... because that's what entices me, right? Yeah, me too. I have another clip yeah now this clip that i watched okay stress asked me to please take a look at it i looked at it bro i was blown away i'm gonna tell you what it is i'm just gonna play a little clip and then i'm gonna ask you a question because this is powerful
1: Fire on both sides of the fire. We about a mile wide fire front. hard uh right where we were in the long fire front for some front. Shut down Lake Hughes From the north for some trigger points if we need
0: to start moving our evacuation. Hot shot. Oh.
3: Yep. Hot shot moving.
0: The cinem I mean Bro, I could feel the flames. Like I'm a firefighter watching that. Oh, yeah. And again goes back to cinematography placement. Yeah. So, What am I feeling when I'm watching that?
3: Yeah, so I I've, I've got an interesting connection for you. So my DP on Reunion is the guy who directed and shot that movie. So, you know, I I was I was fortunate enough to be asked by Gabe man to to help produce that movie, and I was along for the ride. That I, I have to be. Able, I have to go on record uh, that that movie is 100% all him. Um, I was I'm fortunate enough to go along with him sometimes with a second camera and, and, and experience some of that. But that was that whole thing is him. But he's the same. It's the same DP from Reunion. That is the one who uh, who who uh, did that movie. And, you know, um, Gabe is probably, I, you know, I, you know all my friends are really talented people. Man. You know, I, I like to think that that's why I'm, you know, I, I, I pick good friends, you know, like I'm friends with people right. who are really good. I don't really, I don't really think I've ever used the word brilliant with any one of my friends, but I will with Gabe. He is a brilliant cinematographer. The man is, is like, the, <clears throat> the guy is on another level. I feel fortunate to know the guy. He's fucking... Anyways, it, so go with it's the, powerful. I want you to ask your question, but I just wanted to caveat with, with that connection. Sure. Between. In, in
0: again, you're... Dude, like, it's just, again, a style that I won't get tired of watching or seeing, right? <laughs> because you could take what Gabe did. And you know, the contribution you you put into this and see that yeah, that it's kind of like a a a, a documentary powerful slash movie, right? If you watch it. But bro, like, even that had you it give you, it gave you chills, right? And watching like, Oh, my God, like, just what the firefighters are going through and the fires and how the fire burns like there's even some scenes where you literally see the fire starting to burn yeah. it's not out of control like that yet no
3: yeah and it's like yeah son of a bitch no. like how did they get that i mean i'll tell you <laughs> it was get gabe's gabe's um uh fiance at the time uh, they're not together anymore which is a part of the movie but uh, at the time she she was you know just a hot shot the movie's kind of kind of about her you know um following her as the main character um and so he just started going with her to the to the fires and what he found out was that because they don't allow they don't allow cameras or anybody filming and he what he realized um, was that if he was the member of a, the press he could kind of get in there so but he really made it happen himself. He just he got to know all the hotshots and firefighters so well that when they would see him, because they don't let people just come in and film like that. Oh yeah. But, but the firefighters and other hotshots would see, and they knew him, and they knew what he was doing, and that he was a, a you know a good guy, a real filmmaker. So they would let him in. So he would hike up. So that's how he got the stuff. And I went with him a few times, and we. There was a couple of times where it got pretty scary i gotta tell you yeah
1: yeah
3: and um <laughs> and that's how he got it so when you see the flames that close to the camera he's that close to the flame. when there's a guy yeah, the camera's right here and the guy's going <laughs> up i mean it's he's he really captured you know all of it you know it's like it, it, i will say this about this documentary because right now you can go to hotshotmovie.com and you can you can buy the movie, and I encourage people to do it. It is I, I can say this without a doubt. Currently, it is the um, it is the quintessential wildfire movie. There is nothing else like it that has been made prior or, or up until now. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is the definitive wildfire documentary. You want to know about wildfires? You want to know about the science behind it? uh watch this documentary. You want to know what's it like to be right next to a wall of flames? Watch this movie. It's going to tell you what it's what it's like and what these what these heroes I'll use that word what these heroes go through to save property and people's lives, their animals, you know. So it'll come out sometime in October on Amazon streaming and other platforms. One of the things I'll, I'll announce it right here. It's not totally set in stone, but it's close. Um, that the Forestry Service, the National Forestry Service, and uh, Senator Mitt Romney uh, saw the, the movie, and they're going to use it and show it to Congress in about two weeks as a way to get wow. them to raise to pay for Hotshots because Hotshots are not paid as firefighters; they're paid as forestry. Um, service members, which is a really low pay. I mean, these people are risking their lives for like $40,000 a year. They don't make, they don't get the government fireman money. They're not seen as firemen. They're seen as forestry rangers or something like this, butchering. This. Mm-hmm. So they want to they even that, that well, playing field with the money. So, <clears throat> you know, the fact that this movie is going to be used to show to Congress to help change that I'm very proud of, uh, to be a part of something like this. So you know, I'll have more info. You know, you guys can maybe do an update, like as soon as I have more Ooh, info on stuff like. We got you, buddy. Got you. Like, of course. Uh, it's yep. a very important documentary. Um, it's worth your time to to watch. So all your I'm talking to your viewers. You know, check it out. Like you really will. Uh, I think you'll, you'll get a get a lot from it. And the cinematography, really, I mean, Brilliant. I mean Brilliant. it's
0: just amazing.
3: I mean, this I mean, it's it's just it's it's. It's, it's hard to say it's gorgeous to watch because it's destructive, but, you know, because you're watching fire destroying things, but it is a, it's beautiful. Just-
0: it's a masterpiece yeah. of, yeah. how do they say it, Stress? Um, you know the train's going to hit the car. You don't want to see it, but you can't look away right. because you need to see what happens, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what that is. It. Shots is. It's like, but oh, you- man. Yeah. Don't-
2: for people it's who a, don't it's know, great.
0: it's great. It, yeah.
2: It's, it's great. a lot of things like this that's going on in the world, so it's very interesting. It's very, it's very, <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: it's very educational, because you do need to know. There's people out here risking their lives that are risking their lives, and, and for the bare minimum of what you know, what I'm saying they're not doing it because they love it. Because you have to be right. fearless. Like, you, like I, I watched it before I right. even sent it to breathe, and I was just like, man, like this is this is what. <laughs> I love about Phil the Breeze. I love, I learned so much new here. Like a lot of people that if you watching this show, you learn so much new stuff. If you just research what we're just shooting at you, we're not just not doing our research. We're, we're, we're trying to find out and dig in and then you bringing this to us. And then you being here to explain it more to people and give them more enlightenment about it is really, you just seen a clip. Like they need to just sit at home and check it out for themselves. And I'm telling you, It would move you in a different way just to even hear about people risking their lives to save, they're helping save the world. Like if you think about it, because we need these trees, we need all this oxygen, you know, this is pollution, you know, they can, wildfires could spread and end up, you know, getting closer and closer to cities. Like you got to understand these people are doing the best. And, and, you know, like you said, heroes, everybody's an Avenger. Sometimes they, like all superheroes don't wear capes. That's all I want y'all to know, and like, I, I want to thank you for bringing this this to our attention too, to bring it to our viewers to show them. Like, I really think that, like he said, the secret everything in the director's mind, the visual of it, it would never leave your mind. You would never lose these images. This is this is gonna be embedded in your mind as far as like. Now you're gonna probably be asking yourself, "What can I do to help?" Yeah, yeah, absolutely,
1: it's
3: great. Yeah, stress that's. Yes, those images are going to be hard. They're, they're going to be indelibly placed on your mind once you see them. That's for sure, because I know I, and I've done, a, I've been in and directed and been a part of a lot of movies, and I forgot all the shit I did. That, that <laughs> experience, and some of the stuff I saw and when I when I re-watch it, I mean, I can't forget some of those images. Some of it was chilling. Yeah. I,
1: like we, we only got to show a oh, clip because the yeah. clip
2: was super long. I mean, we we seen more than that, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we're not just sitting here telling y'all, you know, watch something we didn't get to see. We seen way more than we we had to. We had to clip it down for y'all because you know we're on the timeline theory, and <laughs> my bad, you know, we would have been here for. I mean, and it's very interesting to talk yeah. about because yeah. these are things that's going on, like the fires in Maui and and California wildfires has been for years. Like people, they, they've been having fighting fires for I don't know six, seven, eight, 12, 13. Decades,
0: fighting fighting fight fires right now, f- five miles from my house over here at, at the uh in the mountains. Like it's crazy, dude. Like, and then you look at that, right? You look at that film, and you're like, holy shit. That's what they're probably doing. Now you don't think right now. they just like, went through just a hurricane? Uh, <laughs> 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 I
2: hurricane, he said.
0: You you know you know Phil. I don't know if you caught the short that I posted, but you know the hurricane that. St-
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I said that everybody, you know, was clearing the grocery stores, everybody treated it like the next Noah's Ark, and I told Stress <laughs> that my neighbor went and got two dogs, two cats, two kitchens, two hookers, <laughs> like, it really doubled up. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. I
3: know. You got the Ark ready.
0: And, and we got as much water as if I was to pour this out of my cup yeah. right now, like...
3: No, it was it's crazy, well, it dude.
0: Was ridiculous. It was a, it was a day of rain. That's all it was. and it wasn't and it was probably maybe half a day cuz the rest was wind. I mean, yeah. I mean you know, for the most part like
2: like when we got the hurricane in Mississippi, you know, it was it was horrible. Like Hurricane Katrina was horrible. Like it was very horrible. But
1: oh yeah, but
2: what the thing oh, was, they never took in consideration the water. You know, that was what, you know, like the levees broke in New Orleans and all that stuff. They never really took consider the water. And it was more like a typhoon. Because when that big wave came and it splashed on the water and knocked everything in in line, that's what, you know, and then it drugged everything out. Like, I remember being here. I was like, damn, I'm from California and moved to a place where this shit lasted all goddamn day. I was like, this is horrible. This is fucking horrible. All day for what? Like, I mean, I, like, you just like, is it going to stop? No, it's not. It's just all fucking day. And then it's like, I take an earthquake any day. 20 minutes of some rumbling, shaking, I'll ride the wave and be good. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but a hurricane all day and then the aftermath of it, you couldn't leave. You couldn't go nowhere. Everything was in the roads. Trees was knocked down. There was water everywhere. People's homes was, like, it was devastating. It was the worst thing i ever seen in my life. You know what I'm saying? As far as, like, I didn't feel bad for me. I felt bad for the people that were sixty and seventy years plus who work all their lives to have these homes and everything's gone now. Like it's nothing but water spouts. <laughs> like what a house used to be. And you know, it, it's like how how can they work it? they hold their lives just to have that? How can they get it back? You know, I didn't feel bad for me as a kid. I'm like, shoot, I man, I didn't have shit no way. Like, oh, I had all that shit. <laughs> I didn't have nothing, but for the people who did, it was just more, I think it was more dramatic for me, and like the kids, the little kids who didn't understand, like, what was going on, like, there's nothing, we can't go to school, we can't go outside, you know, the water doesn't work, you know, there's no power, like, these little kids didn't understand none of that, you know, so it was, it's just like, I'm glad California didn't have to see none of that. It's already bad out there as is. And then it just would have been even worse, you know, because like Lenny said it, you're already stepping outside to a war zone. So a war zone after a natural disaster is going to be what? Desperation. You know, it would have been bad. So yeah, we're, we're good on that. I'm glad y'all say it too. I'm glad y'all say. So it's, by
3: the way, so, by the way, so dude, it's getting. What, what part of LA again are
0: you in? I'm in West Covina.
3: That's right. Now let me ask a quick question. You're a Dodgers guy, right? Yes. Okay. So let me let me ask you a question. I, because you know I'm a you know Chicago, Chicago White Sox guy. How happy are you to have Lance Lynn? You know, at first I was like,
0: Oh man, dude, we really gonna make this trade? And when it when it happened, I was like,
3: Well, you know He's been doing good for you guys
0: yeah i'm like you know we kind of needed this because let's be let's be real dodgers strength is not pitching has not been pitching in the playoffs or anything i think he brings another shot in the arm that we needed because you know maybe our guys get tired so they get bombed but the further we go you have someone that has a strong arm like that we, we can definitely benefit so i feel better having that i know they're they're probably gonna make another move not sure but I wanted to ask you, with the Chicago White, you know, the Chicago White Sox and everything, where do you feel they're going to end up, honestly?
3: Well, they they can't do any worse, I don't think, than they're currently uh, I mean, Tim Anderson got his ass knocked out, you know, a couple of weeks ago. You know, the right. whole team was in, they blew the whole team up. You know, they sent everyone all to all, you know, Lucas Fiolito went to the Angels, you got right Tell everyone went everywhere um and you know and then they just and this was a huge thing in Chicago they fired the whole front office they fired the yeah. and the GM which we never thought would happen it was wild so right, right now all Sox fans are going like okay well we kind of have a shot cuz it was bad <laughs> man i mean this new manager this Pedro fall. i don't i mean i don't fault the dude for taking the job i mean if someone uh, offered me to be a big league manager, I'm sure I guess I'd say yes. Yeah, of course. But he's he's in over his head. He doesn't he's not a big league right. manager. He's just not he's I am
0: I'm, so, I'm not trying to clown Phil. Yeah. But you know what the Chicago White Sox remind me of at, at the moment. Yeah. At the moment I'm saying yeah. you ever seen the movie Major League? Yeah. That's and they go get Lou yeah. to be the coach? Yeah. That's it. I don't know what I feel like they are right it's now. Bad,
3: man. It's really, really bad in White Sox and then, you know they were having a, a fucking vanilla ice concert, oh, whatever last week, and then somebody got I'm going, man, what the hell is so this? That's not a vanilla ice
2: concert. Oh.
3: Well, it was during the game. Well, they were having they had a they had a tone low. It was called the nineties concert tour or something, so it had like vanilla ice tone low and stuff. And they the concert was after the game. It was free. So so the the stadium was packed, not for the socks, because they fucking suck. No one <laughs> watch them. They were there to see tone low Ice. I don't know what happened. But a lady got shot in the leg and another lady got shot. They kept the going but they canceled the concert which didn't make sense because I thought if, if someone has a gun in the stadium how did you get the gun in the stadium? What was, what was it? Like a 22 or something? Like How did you get the gun in? You should stop the game. Like The game should be stopped and everyone should go home. I don't quite understand why they, they kept it going. But that's just wow. hard for the course for the... That's how bad it's been for the White Sox this year. Now, if they would have said someone brought a gun in to kill Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the White Sox, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> oh. And I think most people on the South Side would be like, yeah, that's cool. But... You know, heard yeah. it here, first. Don't build a break. <laughs> exactly.
0: <Wow>. Uh, <laughs> no, he's playing in, ladies and gentlemen, but, being no, real... Yeah.
3: It just says something in, just, in there; just, it'll be I'm all just, over. I'm just angry with the, with the with, with the White Sox this year. No, I
1: I, I don't blame I'm you. I'm
3: happy. I gotta say, it, I'm happy for the Dodgers that Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn and he, that they're working out. And that to, to to just show you the week before when Lance Lynn was on the White Sox, he was dog shit. And then he goes to the Dodgers, and then his ERA. I mean, dude, he's doing it, it dropped. I mean, shows you how bad it is in Chicago.
2: Yeah
0: man, man. we need to have like a five-hour show yeah, have stress like
2: uh, we know <laughs> the
0: time limit so i don't know
2: what you're talking about today
0: no no we're not hey, oh so that's the other good thing phil remember how we, before of time, we, we kind that. of could only go a certain yeah. amount of time and then we had to cut yeah. not anymore baby yeah, want long as we, we, want. Want. We, we are our own time yes. if that makes sense Absolutely. um stress we you have where? before where we're going before I say something, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: no, nah, honestly, man, I
2: just like my back, back to everything. I'm I'm just more like let's focus on the chilling of you, you know, the deep roots. You know, we 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 always get the comedy side of Phil. Everybody doesn't know this because this guy right here to me, is, I, I think I'm funny. This guy is funny as hell to me. I I just always I just like you and like yeah, I I love that y'all just normal people. So. I just like to keep it with normal, whatever, with yeah, because <laughs> I've already did the shocks.
3: Yeah, you know, and here's the other right.
2: No, I don't.
3: Yeah, man. And, you know, it's like I always, you know, and this even kind of goes back to the strike thing that you brought up earlier.
1: Right. It's
3: like people sometimes forget. It's like, you know, uh, with the movie business, the acting, the writing, directing it's a job.
0: Yeah, okay, that, a- that was gonna be my question, so you're kind of leaning in yeah. to what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, you know, it's it baffles me sometimes because our program director, you know, does a tremendous job. He gets us our guests, you know, and we we do our research, as you know. We're not just gonna get you on the show and then not know you, we're gonna have something for you, right? And even Lanny, when he came on the first, the first time, he was just, shocked at what we knew about them and then when we had them the second time it was more of just we were just clowning around having fun with them right but getting back to you and uh your your way of thinking and stuff it baffles me that most of these people actors forget that they are human first before you're an actor yeah and how much they are to to an up-and-coming show as opposed to if I was Joe Rogan or you know, one of these big podcasts. You know, they want to come on and talk about their movie or talk about, you know, whatever Joe Rogan wants to easily softball to him, right? Whereas to us, when you come on here, we don't want the actor. We want you. We want you to be you. And what I'm getting at is you feel Tell me how you, you, you feel sometimes podcast. when you go on these other shows or you go on other podcasts. You
3: know, do you feel
0: you can't be you, or do you feel okay? I'm I'm giving you what you're just asking me to give.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think the difference is is that you'll do you'll do some shows like I did a lot when I was doing Force, right? You know, um, each week and. You know, there's a lot of people where you can tell they, all they did was they went on IMDb, they researched some things, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're asking the same, like, question the last person asked, the last person asked, and they don't know what, the, they don't know what they're talking about. They have, well, right. you know, so it's like, you guys, it's like, we're actually having a conversation. Cause right.
1: You're,
3: you know. We're exchanging ideas and information here because that's what you're interested in, and, and most people they're just like, "Well, we have five minutes, and they're just banging through the questions." And as you're answering, they're going, oh, "Okay," and, then that, and you're going, "And you can." And I, as I'm answering, I'm going, "They're not listening to a fucking word on am saying." Yeah, you know, yeah. this you know? I mean, stupid. I mean, it's, it's just dumb, you know. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, and an actor should, and, act, and you're correct, Breeze, I was just talking with someone the other day about this, is that with the strike, you know, uh, Lanny mentioned this in in the thing, you know, Ron Perlman went on uh, uh, his fucking phone or whatever, and he goes, you know, Iger, we know where your house is. And, you know, I kind of want to be, you know, it's like, and what happens is you reach a certain point, and you get fame and you're liked and you start to buy your own fucking bullshit. You know, right. Ron Paulman actually thinks he's tough and I'm not saying, I don't know him personally, but he thinks he's the guy on Sons of Anarchy. You're not the guy on Sons of Anarchy. You're fucking right. Right. And you, and you shouldn't be saying these things. You shouldn't be threatening Bob Iger uh, online. I don't think that's cool. I don't think there's anything. Even if you're angry, you shouldn't be doing that because what what they people like Perlman. I mean, I'm just generalizing. I don't you know, I don't know him, but like when you get to a certain status, tend to forget right. is that they're lucky. If you get to to become the top echelon in Hollywood, which very few get to become, you are lucky. It's it's like it has nothing to do per se necessarily with talent. You know, it's like timing and like persistence and like other things and like you you're really lucky to be in that in that position because if you think about it some of these people most actors are very uneducated okay and they don't don't, you know they're not like college educated or anything like that and that's part of yeah them actors so it's like you know you want to remind some of these people yeah you're making a lot of money and you, you've got status because you're an actor. But if you weren't doing this, you'd be a fucking janitor. Like flipping
2: butlers and McDonald's, like, like they used to say as a kid. You'd be the fry guy. Yeah, man, that's what you'd up. be
3: fucking cool doing. You'd be, you'd be working at fucking UPS or doing whatever, not to say that those aren't <laughs> legitimate jobs to have. But you wouldn't be, you know, so it's like if they start to buy their own bullshit, they start to think like somehow their are geniuses and they can, you know, you know, it's like Sean Penn trying to help save the fucking Ukraine more. Dude, dude, just stop, man. And I like Sean, but just, dude, just stop. Uh, you're a fucking <clears throat> actor, bro. My like thing is,
2: I, I look you at a lot do of do. times, like, you know, when I hear all these nice Hollywood stories, I, I kind of remember how the stories like you share and, and Lenny shared, like the one that always stuck with me is the Robin Williams one that he told about how he was a normal person and he always wanted everybody in the room to feel the same love, you know. That right there shows there's still people that are genuine. But to what Breeze is always saying, like, I know that a lot of people I've reached out to, you know, they always feel like, well, have you talked to my BR? Have you did this? Have you did this? Have you did this? And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Like, so who am I talking to? Like, you know, I don't know who to even tag. Like, well, send me a name or something. I don't fucking know. I don't, I'm just. Like, you know, and I don't mind it. I don't mind people being in Hollywood. That's fine. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, fuck you too, buddy. Like, I just feel like, hey, everybody, I don't want to be that type of guy. And just knowing how you guys are so accessible, you know, reach out, check in. We just talk on a regular, just, you know, hey, man, how's golf going, you know, type stuff. And, you know, when I come to L.A., I'm going to party with y'all type thing. I already know, like, a lot of people fail to realize that, like I said, Reese references, mm-hmm. like how to be humble. And really, do you still need to be a realist at the same time, though. Because there's a lot of borderline fake shit that's always in everybody's life. You don't have to be in Hollywood for it. Everybody acts. It's just they don't have the money to be actors. They're more like, you know, what they call on Tubi, that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's how these people be. So just being as humble as you are, first of all, I want to thank you. But here's my question, too, out of this one. How did it to be on Phil the breeze as i guess you know when you get these random questions we just throw at you or just stuff that people don't bring your way you know is it refreshing is it nerve-wracking is it what what is it
3: it's that's what i like about it it's like it's not nerve-wracking i didn't even know what what we were going to talk about today although i knew you guys would be fully prepared i i would you know other interviews, I get very nervous because I just, you know, I, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable most of the time. And with you guys, it's like I know that it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be like a conversation. And it's and you guys set a tone for your show where it's just it's just. Ta- I was talking to someone on the phone today about it, and I said, you know, the only thing these guys need is like when they get that one guest that's like ultra famous. And they get them on and they go like fucking crazy viral. And hopefully they still remember me. But when they go crazy viral, then everybody's going to want to be on your show. And then what you guys have going on is going to become like, gonna go, you got to do it like these two guys. And, and then, and, because, and, you know, and it's the dream. Yeah. And so, and that's all it would take. Because really it's like, you know, that's all people want. They, they want to be able to talk about, you know, what they're doing and uh, have a have a conversation and, and exchange information and hopefully it's interesting and i think i think you know you guys are interesting guys i mean you ask the right questions and you really are are wanting to learn about the person more than just the bullshit questions that the studio hands out and goes uh you know to the pe- people and go you can ask these questions to these actors about the show and it's, Right, you watch all the interviews and, it, and they're all the same, it's the same. It's the same repetitive it. I, I just right. can't
2: really watch another podcast and go, Let me ask him this question
3: again. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can't do that. And there, good, and there are some good podcasts out there by by people that I, you know, I don't want, listen to a whole lot of them, but I remember recently one of my favorite drunkers of all time, William Friedkin. David, he was on a Mark Maron podcast, and I listened to that, and I thought that was cool. I kind of dug what that Mark Marin dude was up to, and I don't know that I can't say I've really seen or heard a lot of the guy. I know of him, but I thought it was right. cool because it was like you had two people, and they were really talking. And I heard, and I know everything about. Freak, but I heard Mark Marin ask questions that I've never heard before. So I got new answers to, to, to things and I learned more about Friedkin, and I thought that's the point of doing
1: something like
3: this, right? Right. And and I feel like
0: now, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, or, or stress, but this is why I feel there is a little bit of a hesitant to come on this show, right? Obviously we're coming up and they and they know it, right? But I think kinda it's what what you just said right there, Phil. I want them, and that's why, you know, when Stress said, speak to my PR, Mm -hmm. right? Because if we do get a guest, they're going to be like, okay, you can ask this. Mm -hmm. They don't want us to go, because we're going to do our research. We're going to find everything out. And we're not going to ask what you're comfortable or thinking we're going to ask you. We're not going to ask you about your first film. No, we're going to ask you, Stuff that people personally didn't ask you. I think think personally
2: what it is is the way we research. Like We'll research your movies and all that good stuff. That's to let the people know who you are and where you come from. That's what we research. So that way they can research with us. But what we're asking you is to let these people know who you are because that's what people don't know about you. The real you. You know what I'm saying? They know this director, Hollywood, active personality, yeah. but you're none of that. You're more of the humblest guy. You're a chef. You're a dude that loves the golf. You know what I'm saying? And then you have amazing visions when it comes to directing and acting for your job. And you are one of the funniest Funny guys I right know. Well. I mean, and, and you don't even do comedy, and that's crazy. But if you yes. did, I'm it. with it. Like, if you put me in a comedy movie, <laughs> I'm right? fucking playing it. Well, okay.
3: Yo, know, I got a fun I got another fun fact. I got a piece of trivia. So when Oh, let's go first you know, I, I wanted to be an actor and I didn't know necessarily how to go on you know. And I remember I was going to junior college in Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago. I saw a flyer because I'm dating myself. <laughs> yes, you probably got some some oh some my God. some, 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 uh, some audio. What the fuck's a flyer? What, what, did say? what the fuck is a flyer? So I saw a flyer on on a, on a board, and it's. A... <laughs> I love that we got the stress going exactly. <laughs> this is
1: this is a short. This is a this yeah. is a short
3: that's gonna be played. <laughs> So I see this thing on the on the thing. It says uh, Second City Training Center. So I'm like 19. And I wanted I wanted to add, so I, I paid money to go to this Second City. And you guys know Second City. It's kind of like the, the comedy a uh, place in Chicago that a lot of people that end up going on SNL and stuff. Bill like right. Murray came out. Of <clears name throat> Chris Farley, you know, Chevy Chase. So they have like a training program. You can pay money. And then the people who are... Usually on stage, there they make extra money by teaching these improv classes. So that was my first training was comedy okay. improv at uh, Second City, and guess who my teacher was? Stephen Colbert. A, a very very <laughs> what? long time ago, and I forgot all about this. I was- Is this an exclusive? This is an exclusive. Oh. And I'm going to tell you, so I, I was back home recently and my mom was like, can you clean some of these boxes out from high school, you know, some stuff that's in the basement. And I started going through right. stuff and that's, I forgot I even did this, right? And I'm going through boxes, and I pull the folder out and I see, and it's, it's a, it was a white folder that was given to each student from Stephen Colbert, you know, and it had the syllabus in there, but it also had his bio it is and i read read his bio and it was fantastic it said like stephen colbert has has just finished a regional theater tour in wisconsin (laughs) various shakespeare i mean it was hilarious yeah now he's stephen colbert right and then he took us this this uh, training class was in the suburbs it was in chomber illinois is where the second, the second, it's not there anymore, but they have like a suburban location uh, where they have near a restaurant, they a small stage, a suburban version of the Second City. And the second so we went one day into the city to see a Second City show. and I'll never forget this. So it's like I'm sitting with eight class members, Stephen Colbert's next to me, and on oh, stage shit. is Chris Harley. Chris before he rest in peace Chris before he went to SNL so I, I think about that sometimes I forget some cool moments I've had in this industry
1: that, is that
3: awesome. was my first ever so I really learned how to act by doing comedy improv so I feel like that was always my training base even though I went to theater school and I learned you know various styles of acting and you know you know worked with a lot if People, but I, I came out, of, I think I kind of came out of the comedy scene and I don't know it, you know, it's like, I, it's, it's buried back here in the,
0: it's still, it's still there, right? right. You you could trigger right. it. And if you can make a comedy right yeah. now with three actors, um, mm-hmm.
3: dead or alive, mm-hmm. who would you pick? Well, very easy. Myself, freeze and stress.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yo, yo.
3: That's it. I'm backing for Hollywood. Please, I thought you kind of were setting me up <laughs> for that one. As you were saying, I thought, well, of course.
1: I was, I was Moza, waiting go to go say,
3: again. and maybe two of the guys have been ones on their head. Maybe one guy has a green background. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Greatest
0: answer me? ever. <laughs> Mom, we're going to Hollywood. I
3: don't know.
1: I mean, if I Hey, hey, hey. It's just,
0: it's... I'm saying the same as Stress. Stress! 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 Come with me on my new airplane. We're going Oh,
3: okay. so wait, that was the Titanic, now it's an airplane. Oh, okay,
1: got it. Well...
0: Well <laughs> I like how actually this this
1: is the airplane. Oh, okay, we're gonna
0: yeah. we're, we're gonna you know and yeah. look yeah, see it's yeah. so seven <laughs> up ten is 10, 10.
3: Yeah, so,
0: there you go. Look at look new airplane. If <laughs> I would have walked
3: off the screen and came <laughs> on this side and I'm like seven so airplane,
2: <laughs> we're not even that
1: <laughs> Bro that would have been the clip
0: of all clips right now. Uh, no, but that, that would that was man, I, that's another yeah. clip. Um, no, but real, real honesty. If yeah. you could bring three of your greatest comedians okay. to make a great comedy, yeah. dead or alive, who would you bring in?
3: Ooh, this is a this is a really good question. You know, I don't want to get like super nerdy, but I think probably one of the greatest comedians and actors is probably Buster Keaton because.
1: Mm. Because you,
3: you have to keep in mind like when you watch I mean, those guys were also vaudeville, so they were like, right. actors, and then film was new so they started doing film but when you watch him doing this like when you watch those Buster Keaton movies and things me. like that and they're doing that comedy stuff you know and they're it's, it's usually a big wide shot so they're actually doing it. like when you see him jump off a train and Run off into that like he's really doing all of that stuff. Sitting, yeah,
1: call, yeah.
0: I, I think I seen the uh, documentary on Seven Chances. It was a Seven Chances. Yeah. Seven, seven, something like that, right? Yeah. Seven Chances. Yeah, yeah but, but well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, go. <laughs>
3: like, that would be really cool. That I mean, it's. It, 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 it's I think that would be like, really, really cool. And then probably who would be, I you know. I gotta say, I really oh. love John Ritter as a comedian. Oh, hey! He's company, John Ritter. I thought he was so brilliant. Problem, Problem Child?
0: He's theater. so underrated in that movie, dude. I
3: watched Problem Child and Problem Child 2. Probably more than
0: We're not gonna mention three, okay? No, that don't no, exist.
3: exist. <laughs> John Ritter was like a vaudevillion esque. Like his dad did that. Uh, Jack Ritter, I think he was a. Uh, he, he was like uh, he was like a cowboy that did but he did a lot of like vaudevillian kind of stuff. But you, you watch River, right. I mean, you can tell he comes from the Buster Keaton school. I mean, you watch. Right, his company right. Coming knocking his door.
2: door. So, yeah, that was yeah, that was my shit. That honestly, yeah, that was one of my. The Children was one of my favorite shows. Not, I think what? I had to do with it, but that was still my my
1: go back oh, yeah. like twos that was night. It? <laughs>
0: john john let me let me let me tell you how underrated john ritter was there is a movie to this day dude that i watch and laugh so much when i watch it and people just don't give it enough credit was skin deep yeah. anybody remember this movie sure that movie bro that is so underrated but probably one of his best movies next to it
3: yeah
0: it was great yeah,
3: you know john ritter was an amazing <clears throat> they don't he,
1: he doesn't
3: get no. but in, in many ways you know, you guys are bringing up Robin Williams I mean Robin Williams was like, I thought he upstaged De Niro in Awakenings when he was working with De Niro I, mean, I think he kind of upstaged him in every scene I mean, he, he, he's sort of fine with a lot of these great comedians <sighs> how good they are at uh, dramatic acting I, mean, I, I remember Realizing that being a huge fan of Three's Company and then seeing him in Sling Blade, Billy Bob doing Sling Blade, I
1: thought,
3: holy shit,
2: man. Wasn't it Robin Williams and Toy Story, I mean, Toy Soldiers? Mm-hmm. You said Toy Story. Not Toy Story, Toy Soldiers. You said Toy Story. Well, uh, Cle- Remember the L.O. Cle- and they
1: were like, like, the Toy toys, story? like,
2: it, it, it was just toys. It was, toys, yes, man, toys. when I seen that movie, I thought he would like that toys. movie right there, the way he acted in that movie to me, bro. His, tra-
0: his trailer alone for Toy his, Stress his tra- sold me. If anybody ever in saw the, the trailer, trailer for Toys, it was just him standing in the fields impersonating how, how toys, toys was going to be exciting. Hood, <laughs> if you're from the hood, it's Toys <laughs> in the hood, I'm going to bust my cat like, bro. <laughs>
3: It was a good breeze. Where'd you go? <laughs> He's oh, that's one of my favorite trailers, dude. He literally
0: goes like this. He going almost bust my cat <laughs> like, a genius. I he was. was. Genius. So we have Buster Keaton, John Ritter, it and uh Robin Williams.
3: Robin Williams and or you know, I I will say, like, you know, one of my all-time <laughs> comedy guys as well. A lot of people don't agree with me on this one, but I can't help it because oh, I love Fletch. So Chevy. Oh, Chevy, Chevy Chase? Chase. You know, 80s Chevy Chase. He was, he was, uh, he was
0: not so much 2000s you know, Chevy Chase, know, but 80s, national 80s national mid-90s Chevy is still Chevy is Chase. good Chevy yeah.
3: Chase.
1: <laughs>
3: you know, he, yeah, there he you go. The Jay Jay. Like he was able to, you know, he just nailed all, you know, Dr. Roses. One and two. Yeah.
0: Yeah, remember when he tells Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. When Dan Aykroyd says, if I pull this arrow out, will you suck the poison? He goes, let me get this straight. <laughs> you suck, I pull. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, As you can
3: see, I watch movies. I watch movies. Yeah, <clears throat> spies Like Us, Fletch, Modern Problems, yep. which is my favorite, underrated.
0: Oh, man, when he does the cocaine, yeah. that is the craziest Scene I have ever no, seen. No, it was
3: great. And then, and then, Mel, how good, how good was Mel uh, Carter in that? And she, I don't remember. He asked for something, and she goes, <laughs> "Read my lips." No, N O E. Oh, that really.
2: was awesome. Oh, um, Christmas stories. Oh, yeah, that was so, shit. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh,
0: yeah. Christmas yeah, right right vacation. Laugh. <laughs>
2: um, let so.
1: That was classics. My bad. My bad.
2: It's... They're, okay. They're... I
0: watch a lot of TikToks, um, yeah. Phil. And I look at a lot of reels. Some interesting, some make me laugh, right? The ones I like are the theories, right? You see these people have way too much time on yeah. their hands, And they come up with theories. Right. And one of the newest ones, Stress, is already laughing because he knows. So one of the theories that I ran across... You ever seen the movie Grease? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, remember the beginning of the movie, you see Sandy and Danny Zuko at the beach, and then it goes into when they're in high school and all this stuff takes place. And then the end of the movie, they take off in the car and they go to the sky, right? right? So somebody had enough time, maybe a guy who's on strike. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I had to go there. Put a theory out and said, Grease never happened. See, what happened was, Sandy died because she was drowning and Danny Zuko was trying to save her. But he was late and she died and all the movie that we're watching is her in her head and that's why the car takes off and goes to heaven. Yes. Well So I watched yeah. this. Me being me. Mm-hmm. I rebutted mm-hmm. and I said, nifty theory. Mm-hmm. Problem is In Greece, Mm 2, they refer to Sandy as Michael's cousin Mm -hmm. and gives her, Frenchie, directions to how to help him. And then another part, they say Sandy was a pink lady or whatever, right? So she's referred to multiple times in the movie. Mm -hmm. But you know who's not referred in that movie at all? Mm -hmm. Danny Zuko. So how wasn't it that Danny Zuko didn't die and all the movie we saw was Danny Zuko because when the car takes off to heaven, Sandy acknowledges us and waves. Danny doesn't even pay attention to what's going on. He just looks straight ahead. The guy had no response to my rebuttal. Well,
3: I would say the reason he didn't is because because his review of Grease clearly was yeah. on some heavy pharmaceuticals. Because that's about the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Who would watch a movie and draw no. that conclusion? You gotta be a dumbass. So, I, of, course, of course, he has no response. Because, you know. You did beat
2: nah, when you read your response you, you, when you when yeah. part, so being a blind He was like. In
0: But, 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 see, Phil, yeah. that's the thing with me. I don't just watch something yeah. and then say, "Okay." It, me being me, and that's why I stress warned everybody yes. about the asshole. I will be the asshole to say,
3: I'm about to blow your shit right out the water. No, that's good. And one, it can make make no sense. That's good because uh, what I find on TikTok is that you're right. I I don't know. I don't know a lot. I I mean, I just only see things that people send me. I'm not on it. Uh, I don't want to get on it. But, like, you know, I get people, they send me these recipes and they go, Oh, look, uh, I just saw this recipe for, you know, uh, peanut butter risotto. (laughs) Why the fuck do I want to have peanut butter risotto? And who the fuck is making this? And what's wrong with that? I mean, this could not exist in the, in the world. <laughs> Two pieces of fucking... The risotto has Parmesan cheese in it. Why don't we put in this shit together? And people go, oh, it's brilliant. I'm going to try it. Why don't I... Why don't, Dude, why don't I've I
0: seen I... them put Skittles in the air fryer. I... I've seen them. uh, This is no joke. I've seen them. Okay, this is a true story. Don't believe me. Look it up. They took a chicken, a raw chicken, right? Put it in the air fryer, covered it with crumbled Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) Marshmallow fluff threw it in the air fryer for 20 minutes on high at 400 <laughs> degrees pulled that out yeah, man. They there, man. The they to bite know. into it and say delicious greatest better than roasted <laughs> chicken i'm like <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. and they haven't made a tick tock in three weeks yeah. Wow.
3: Well, here's the one thing we, we know is that as much as technology has, is good because it's like connected the three of us and we're able to do, it's also given a platform to morons. So we have to remember that before this year, right? Before this year, these people did this shit in the privacy of their own homes and we never had to know um, about it. In
1: the world, yeah. But what do you say? Baby food's been killing to see kids for years with their food. <laughs> shit on your face or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I want
3: you to see this. It Keep now. it to yourself. Now I have to look at this crap.
0: <laughs>
3: yes, exactly. So, in closing, I got about ten more minutes, guys, and then I got to. Yep. yep, we're gonna
0: wrap it cool. up. I did want to say this. It's always just an honor, dude, to talk to you, text you. Uh, yes, freaking people out there. This isn't someone we just take a picture with on Instagram and go, that's my boy. No, we actually talk to him, text yes, him, that's a good... stress cooks for yes. him. Now we can't wait to go to his house yes. and have him throw down for oh, us, yeah. do a live show oh,
3: yeah. from his oh, home. I'm happy to. Happy to do that. Happy to. You know, Lanny will be there, and then I'll get Shane and Sam, and we'll just do the whole thing. Now, this
0: is a special invite to you, Phil. If you are not busy, September 30th, your boy Breeze is going to be on stage rocking the mic. You are more than welcome to come bring whoever you want. It's free. I will send you all the information. Bring whoever you want. Where, Where is this? And... This I will send you the info. I can't say oh, it okay, sure. because I will get in trouble. But I will send you the info, yeah. and I'll be there. You are more I'll than welcome to attend. Yeah, I'll
3: be. I, I should be in town, and if I'm here, I would be happy to come. I appreciate the invite. I would love to meet you in person, and I would love to see yes, you. Yes, sir. Off the mic.
0: Ten minutes set. It's not long, but. Stress is in Cal. He's not in Cali, so he won't be there. But if he was in Cali, he guarantee he'd be on stage rocking yeah. with me.
3: We are I like that. I would love <clears throat> to watch you do a comedy set. Man, I, 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 it's
0: it's gonna be fun. I promise. Yeah. The 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 it's been twelve years since I've been on stage rocking the mic, yeah. so forgive me. I'm a little rusty, no. but. Yeah. Hey. We, uh, we gotta get up out of here because hey. Phil's got it's things to do. We, we've okay. held a hostage
3: for an hour and 40-something <laughs> <I> <laughs> Where's the chicken and marshmallows. Marshmallows to make it my fucking ass <laughs> 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 like, like They said we're, we're the marshmallows trying marshmallows to reduce so the so population. I mean,
2: reduce the pollution.
3: Oh, shit.
0: We know we we know what he's gonna make when we go now. Hey, that's that's the way to do it. but but in all honesty, thank you so well much, Phil, to come back. Um, I hope we I hope we did you justice. Oh. I know, like I said, you got to experience the new. Feel the oh, breeze. It's improved. And, uh, it's improved. We got some uh, parting words from you, sir. Appreciate what it. you got to say?
3: Uh, well, I'm very just grateful. A lot of gratitude toward you guys for wanting to have me on. I got to say, this interview. Thanks for asking about Man on the Silo. Thanks for teaming me up to talk about how much I hate the people from the movie. The Protest. Movie. I, no one should watch that movie. Don't watch it. It's not, it's, I, and it, don't recommend no, it. Add, get your money back if you do it, right, The filmmakers. I'm not. Even, you know, are... Yeah, but no, man, I, I love hanging with you guys. Uh, it was a, a complete pleasure. Thanks for letting me rant for two hours with my crap. <laughs> I really appreciate it. You give me a to, You know, it's like therapy. Uh, you guys can send me a bill if needed. I mean, you know. Um,
0: man, no, thanks. no. You can send us a bill if needed for are coming through but, but um yeah, ladies and gentlemen phil is awesome i
3: can't i can't wait to to re-watch this when you post it and by the way i just want to say to your audience um man thanks for uh, allowing me to be on with you guys and thanks for supporting youtube because i really believe in you guys and i know man it's a- it, all it is is a matter appreciate of time. It. You guys are going to be boom. You're going to have your own life. It's going to be good. Appreciate it, be,
2: man. I appreciate it. We can do some movies well, together and direct big, it. Yeah, you're going to be around the whole journey. It doesn't matter. You're just gonna.
0: It, I'm going to do I what work, you
2: said, dude. I Keep it in our work. family. <laughs> that way we can all eat at the same table.
0: Man, super appreciate you, Phil. Yes. I'm good'm'm I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. you ready for this? I'm calling yeah. it. Bill Donlin is going to direct the first breeze official music video. It's gonna happen ladies and gentlemen love to do you see be Oh yeah and the mo- and guess what the video and guess
3: what the song's called
0: <laughs> scary movie. Oh yeah. yeah
3: how about this you guys are being chased down the street <laughs> by a chicken in marshmallow.
1: Oreo cookies.
3: That's it! That's it! We are done t- oh,
0: here! No, Ladies no, and gentlemen, That's no, no, your no, boy no, Breeze! Billard the Breeze! One of the greatest chick- chickens! Yes, co-hosts no, in
1: the no, world! sensation. Tiger Phil! Bill Donlin,
0: thank you so much, my chief. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try to have fun with that chicken. Cool. Yo, we are out here, y'all.
1: Peace. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares of chicken now. <laughs>